0: The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. You're listening to In The Corner with Tyler Peters. Unfiltered, uncensored and unforgiving. Here's the man from across the pond, Tyler Peters. Welcome to the inaugural edition of In the Corner with Tyler, a wrestling podcast in collaboration with the In the Corner podcast hosted by Benny Mack. And sometimes I join him as a collaborative effort under the SJP World Media Podcast Network, ran by another magnificent individual, Sa I want to express my gratitude to both of my friends based over in the UK. That is the one and only the great Benny Mac and Sa Powell. And I hope you'll enjoy our content. I'm going to be discussing this week's editions of NXT and Aew. And I'll tell you, basically I'm going to be highlighting what I enjoyed. So, I mean, no disrespect to the other matches or other storylines that are progressing, just to uh, respect the time here and testing the waters with this uh, first episode. So, let's get right into it. It was Tuesday, August the 8th. It's NXT on the USA Network. We see footage from Monday Night Raw of Dirty Dom Mysterio, who is the NXT North American champion with the women's world champion, Rhea Ripley. And, of course, they are insulting Dragon Lee with the deadbeat dad, the Hall of Famer, Rey Mysterio. In the beginning, I question Dominic Mysterio turning heel. But I will say it allows Dom to be his own man regarding being this upper mid-card domain event level star. You know, my criticism remained... Concerning the various stars crossing brands, yet sensible for Judgment Day to run WWE, the concept began growing on me and making a lot more sense at that. Having Dragon Lee endorsed by Rey Mysterio means a Hall of Famer believes in his talents. In other words, his abilities. Wrestlers benefit from going to NXT from the main roster, Mustafa Ali, Baron Corbin, Dana Brooke, and etc. But let's go back to Dominic Mysterio and Dragon Lee in this whole Judgment Day scenario. I kind of got ahead of myself. You know, it's the nerves, the excitement. You know, Dominic Mysterio needed to embrace his villainous side to elevate up the card, and by aligning him with the likes of Rhea Ripley, Damian Priest. And Finn Balor have just done wonders for this uh, young man's uh, career. And stepping outside the shadow, creating separation from just being Rey Mysterio's son, he's able to uh, be on his own. That's what I mean by be his own man. So I wanted to make sure I kind of went more in depth and explain the reasoning, my motivation as to why. I'm finally getting behind the creative for Dominic Mysterio. And it has been a thrilling and fun ride, a fun ride at that when uh, referencing Dirty Dom. So, our first match Mustafa Ali versus Axiom. It presented an exciting bout. Each utilized innovation in the ring. We saw scripts with Bronco Nima. And Lucian Price, hopefully got those pronunciations correct, appeared concerning a distraction for Axiom. High-risk movements are displayed, as one might expect. Fans also witnessed technical strategies. So it's not just one-dimensional. A 450 splash assists Mustafa Ali in receiving the win. I'm just happy going back to the point of it's nice to see the established main roster talent go back to NXT in a sense, they are giving back to the younger talent. And sometimes they just need a a different kind of energy. They need to repackage themselves in a lot of ways. So that's what I mean. The illustrations are Mustafa Ali, who we are referencing concerning this matchup against Axiom, Baron Corbin, Dana Brooke, and others. Ali wants to be the North American champion. He made that clear. In another Recurring theme, equating to storyline, would be the schism. They attack wrestlers backstage and call out the Creed brothers. So it's all very interesting what is occurring between the schism faction and the Creed brothers. Kalani Jordan, speaking of new up-and-coming talent, is paired with Dana Brooke. They take on Blair Davenport, or I should say Kalani Uh, face Blair Davenport. Dana Brooke has advised her uh, Kaylani Jordan has been more of a protege and it's a good way to utilize Dana Brooke. Uh, Brooke advised Jordan to call out somebody that was significant and Blair Davenport definitely fits that bill. One needs to test their limits and endurance against an opponent like Blair Davenport. The potential of Kalani Jordan, it's evident. Blair caused her to have misjudgments, thus creating vital errors during the matchup. Experience teaches lessons, but Davenport, in the end, would defeat Kalani Jordan. Brooke chased Davenport afterward with a rope and almost hit Jordan. She was furious. It was showing some different emotion from uh, Dana Brooke, which I'd like to see von wagner responded to braun breaker they've got a match coming up heritage cup match noam dar versus tyler Bate. two immensely skilled athletes became famous in the nxt uk brand Bate established control early while dar retaliated they are scientifically doing it correctly with matt wrestling combined with the right sort of physicality evenly matched via round one Bate scores the first fall after the Tyler driver per round two. And I may have got my rounds all mixed up. So, pardon me, excuse me if I don't have it down in order, in an orderly fashion, so to speak. I enjoy this encounter. I've got a soft spot for both Tyler Bate and Noam Dara. I, I followed them a little bit. Speaking of the NXT uh, United Kingdom version that no longer exists, which is sad. It's uh, sentimental, but I am just so happy to be able to witness these athletes get a brand-new opportunity with NXT in general. In round three or four, Dar targeted the injured knee of Tyler Bate. Noam Dar ties it up at one following a submission. Round five, Bate established dominance, and Tyler Bate won the Heritage Cup, and we see more of Schism continuing their terrifying reign backstage. Wrestlers got beat up. They're questioning, interrogating. They are interrogating so many of the uh, the superstars backstage. And business picked up, as good old J.R. Jim Ross would like to say, as Dragunov expects Trick Williams to meet him in the ring. This all came about before and after the Great American Bash, if I got my timelines correct. And then we go to a locker room segment where Dodge Jack confronts the NXT world champion Carmelo Hayes. I'm going to look forward to that matchup. Sign me up and take my money. Dod Jack taking on Carmelo Hayes. But Wesley enters the fray, meaning the discussion with Dodge Jack telling Wes that he should not be looking for tunnels. Then Dodge Jack attacks Wesley, the former North American champion. Dragunov emerges. Trick Williams is his objective. Williams responds. I like that he's getting the push. Speaking of being separated, you know, not the exact same situation related to Dominic Mysterio and Judgment Day along with Rey Mysterio, but getting away from the father. Trick Williams needs to get separated from his friend Carmelo Hayes, and this guy's going to be a future champion. Dragonoff's already been there. And it all resulted from the Great American Bash. I'll keep reiterating my point here. And we've seen episodes of NXT build up the tension between the two wrestlers. Uh, speaking of Dragunov and Trick Williams, Williams had a proposal. Dragunov blames him for not winning the belt. We seem to be getting a match between these two. And sure enough, at Heatwave, Trick Williams challenges Dragonoff. And we are going to have the match, and I'm so elated about it. Getting Dragunov and Trick Williams. Drew Gulak and Charlie Dempsey, the son of William Regal, claim talent has became soft. Damon Kemp wants an opportunity to show his toughness. Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs get a match versus Gulak and Dempsey. Then more backstage segments. Ray Mysterio likes what he saw of Roxanne Perez at the Great American Bash and meets Thea Hell. Ray encourages the younger talent. It's nice to see Ray still loves his son despite his bad choices. Let me back up. Thea Hell was asking Ray if he still could forgive Dominic Mysterio after all that he has put Ray Mysterio and the family through and done to him, in other words, and Ray expressed that he does indeed love his son, despite all the bad choices. So that's why I had to back up. I got a little ahead of myself. I have a tendency to do that. You'll learn uh, the more you listen to me. Hell is upset with Andre Chase, because if you remember at Great American Bash, it was Chase who threw in the towel during her title match against Tiffany Stratton via the Great American Bash. Bron Breaker versus. Von Wagner with Mr. Stone. Intense fighting commences. We have two second-generation wrestlers battling. Wagner attempted to employ that broadcast table. Breaker faces a larger opponent but initiates potent fury. Braun reminds me so much of his father and uncle, his dad, Rick Steiner, and Uncle Scott Steiner, Big Papa Pump. And, of course, his dad was the dog-faced gremlin, Rick Steiner. Braun defeats. Von Wagner in an exciting match. It was a thriller, for sure, certainly. Wagner saves Stone after Breaker attacks him. Wagner put Braun through the table. Then we see a video package where Eddie Thorpe addresses his perils with Dijak. Rhea states that Dom makes the Mysterio name relevant, and in walks and here walks in Lyra Valkyria, who reinforces the point that she proved her worth to Ripley. She challenged Ripley's manipulation of a lot of talent. So it looks like we may get another match between Valkyria and Rhea Ripley. They had a tremendous match a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was uh, longer than just a few weeks ago, and they, they tore the house down, was very high on that bout. Uh, between Valkyria and Ripley. And, of course, before we get to the next match, NXT Tag Team Champions Tony D'Angelo and Stax get questioned by the Dyad, part of Schism, about the Creed Brothers, and they take exception to uh, all this interrogation. And we'll have more of that play out later on in the show. Or at least, no, actually, it's going to happen next week. There was so much happening. Uh, I'm telling you, it's hard to keep up, even with notes. Gulak and Dempsey take on Jensen and Briggs with Fallon Henley. And uh, Gulak is technically just excellent. I mean, he takes a punishing assault by Jensen, however. Gulak rebounds, and Charlie Dempsey takes a submissive advantage. And Briggs would rely on his power to overcome Dempsey. Gulak felt the tandem offense as well from the opposition. And I wanted to call him Lee Kemp, but it's Damon Kemp. Get it correct, Tyler. I thought you followed the product. But Damon Kemp interferes and assists Dempsey and Gulak to win the match. Dana Brooke is backstage in the locker room area, shows her disdain regarding her protege, Kehlani Jordan. So it's going to be intriguing to see how that story develops between Dana Brooke and Jordan herself. We get a women's match, Avi Nile versus Kiana James. Kiana James demonstrated her wild side. and borrowed some points from the commentary of Vic Joseph and Booker T. They do just a fabulous job. But it created a disadvantage for Avi Nile. Speaking of James's wild side, Avi regained some momentum until Kiana had other ideas. Then Schism came out to surround the ring, providing a distraction. They know of the association that Avi Nile has with the Creed brothers. Avi would use it as motivation. However, in the end, James defeats Avi Nile. I like the match. Very solid was uh, the encounter between James and Nile. NXT Tag Team Champions, D'Angelo and Stax, would rescue Avi Nile from imminent danger from schism. Then we see Angel Garza Huberto Carrillo, that's Carrillo, desire to honor a family tradition. They're gonna get back to taking things a little bit more a little bit more seriously. Or uh, Carrillo and, and Garza. Honoring the family lineage, meaning tradition. Metaphor, the group confronts Tyler Bate. Nathan Frazier appears with the his own version. Of the Heritage Cup trophy. Bate returns the trophy, though, to Noam Dar, the one he just defeated. Noam Dar. Bate returns the trophy that he won to Noam Dar. I'm just so confused. That's why I couldn't get my thoughts together. I was confused by what just happened, the transaction backstage. That's my excuse, anyways, and I'm sticking with it. Here we go the main event for the North American Championship between the champion Dominic Mysterio of Judgment Day with Rhea Ripley versus Dragon Lee with Rey Mysterio. But before we get to the match, the NXT Women's Champion Tiffany Stratton is interviewed by Mackenzie Mitchell. She impresses me inside the ring, even if one does not get her gimmick fully. We still have no new rival, though, for the NXT Women's Champion Tiffany Stratton. Wesley informs Trick Williams that his focus is on Carmelo Hayes. He's going after that. World Heavyweight title for NXT. Kemp, Dempsey, and Gulak confront Williams uh, in the parking lot this time. They change it up from the locker room at least. Uh, There'll be some comedic elements, even though that wasn't that funny. Ray introduces the future NXT North American champion that he feels will walk out as the new North American champion, Dragon Lee. I mean, what a way to... Get that uh that experienced rub from a Hall of Famer, a, one of the greatest masked wrestlers ever in Rey Mysterio if you're Dragon Lee. Dom would try intimidating and suckering Lee in. The number one contender showed tremendous fortitude. Their premise here, spotlight your new prospect, Dragon Lee, by featuring Lee competing in such a high-profile championship match versus Dirty Dom Mysterio. Facing a recognizable name, like Dom adds legitimacy to both Lee and Dom and having Ray and Rhea added to the equation magnifies it. That was some of my quick takeaways regarding the matchup. Ray takes the North American title away from Dom that Rhea Ripley gave him, yet Rhea nails Dragon Lee with her title and Dom hits a, a driver maneuver to retain it and still your NXT North American Champion is Dominic Mysterio and Lia Valkyria helps Ray after the match with Dragon Lee as they fend off Dom and Rhea so we had a you know something that will be a continuation going into next week and for the next several weeks even who knows but i enjoyed this episode of NXT And uh, there's just some uh, quick highlights. I I was only going to do a few, and then once I got into it, I'm like, uh, I'm doing the whole show now. But let's move on to AEW Dynamite from Wednesday night, August the 9th. Opening segment, the Jericho Appreciation Society Mandatory Meeting begins this episode of AEW Dynamite. I'm interested to see where Chris Jericho's allegiance lies. And Jericho pleads for sympathy. I mean, all the facial expressions are, are present. Daniel Garcia is the first one to interrupt and say, I'm out, man. I'm quitting. Because what happened, they pl- they showed, I was going to say played, they showed video footage of Daniel Garcia getting screwed over by the leader of the JAS and Chris Jericho. And Jake Hager would follow suit. Anna J would have a, Women's Championship opportunity against Hikaru Shida later on in the night. And I like this side of her personality coming out as it pertains to Anna Jay. Tom Mello, the pregnant lady herself, showed a lot of fortitude. She quits. Sammy Guevara questions Jericho about loyalty. So we still are not sure or certain about where what he's going to do. It's what I'm trying to get at when uh, speaking of loyalty. Don Callis expresses his apology to Jericho backstage. We see more of the storyline. It would be Callis and DeKeyser who have formed this allegiance and they are heavily recruiting Chris Jericho. Jericho said he'll make a decision next week. There's a lot of scenarios that could play out concerning this uh, particular situation. Either Chris Jericho goes babyface along with the group or the group turns hill, or Jericho, with the babyface turn, will tease that he's joining Don Callis and Takeshita, and we'll uh, end up uh, doing what's right. There, there's a lot of different and various directions you could go with this storyline, but we will fund our answers out next week. Speaking of Chris Jericho and the Jericho Appreciation Society, Don Callis and everybody. Now, FTR challenged the Young Bucks to a match at all-in emanating live from the historic Wembley Stadium in London, England, per Saturday's collision from this past weekend. And then we see a match between the Young Bucks and the the Hardy brothers. Actually, they are just called the Hardys now. I'm so used to their time in WWE. Some view Matt and Nick Jackson's influence coming from a rock and roll express, but many could argue it was Matt and Jeff Hardy who affected their inspiration. You know, entertaining match, it, it didn't do a whole lot for me, if I'm going to be honest with everyone who is listening and supporting the podcast, this venture. Uh, we got a lot of the, the fun spots, the super kick party moments, and and that was cool. Matt and Jeff did their, uh, their stick in the ring, and I don't mean to sound disrespectful. It, it just kind of was a match to uh, fill time, and because it was dynamite, I'm taking nothing away from either team. Uh, But that's been my criticism is sometimes in the Young Bucks match, you get too many, you know, of uh, too many spots that are not highlighting the storytelling process that makes wrestling so good. But they are talented. I mean, what they are able to do when uh, referencing the Young Bucks is impressive. So taking nothing away from them or the Hardys, I'll tell you, got nothing but respect for Matt and Jeff Hardy. For what they've been able to accomplish over the years, uh, future Hall of Famers for sure are the Hardys. Observers uh, definitely viewed two similar presentations. That was something else I, I wrote down, mimicking one another f- just from two separate eras. When uh, speaking of the Young Bucks and the Hardys, the Bucks under Team Three D with their finishing maneuver—that's a, a nice nod to the rivalry that Edge and Christian, the Hardys, and and the Dudley Boys had. Uh, back in the WWE in those uh, tables, ladders, and chairs and chair matches, uh, which were just fantastic. It looked as if Jeff and Matt would be victorious until Matt and Nick Jackson would uh, defeat the Hardys. So fun matchup. They call out FTR. We see a confrontation between the duos, uh, FTR and the Young Bucks. Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler, the AEW Tag Team Champions. The Bucks accept the challenge, so it's official. We're going to get a world tag team title match at All-In in Wembley Stadium, and I'm looking forward to it to see who's the best tag team or at least one of them. I mean, FTR has made that argument pretty valid that they are just the greatest, the best, as much as I like the Usos. And uh, taking nothing away from the Young Bucks or any other tandem, at least in the modern era. That that gets tougher if you go back and you're including the Midnight Express, the Rock and Roll Express, and a lot of these other teams. Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson, the, the Horseman uh, tandems. You know, you, you equate all of those. But we're talking at least in the contemporary era, it's hard not to argue FTR. And I'll just leave it at that. Uh, we we love to hear from you, or I should say, ah, I'm so used to joining Benny or being on another show, uh, we just kind of comes out naturally, does it not? And I'll tell you something else that became entertaining to get back to AEW Dynamite. MJF's friendship with Adam Cole shows an entertaining side relating to each's personality. MJF was hitting kids with dodgeballs via the trampoline park. I'm, I'm laughing already. Uh, one girl was uh, getting on the nerves of MJF. Adam Cole was trying to be nice, calm MJF down and, and defuse the situation until the girl flipped him off. And Adam Cole's like, Okay, hit her with a dodgeball. She deserves it. What a brat. Uh, just some uh, funny stuff is all I can equate it to. I mean, this bromance between MJF and Adam Cole, I guess you could say, has been uh, riveting, uh, to say the least. The Blackpool Combat Club needs somebody who can energize the faction. We, we just heard Pack is injured. Of course, he represents a death triangle. I think with Brian Danielson out, they need somebody else as much as I as much as I like Uta Willer, and Claudio Casanoli you know, and John Moxley. Whether I'm a fan or not, they they they're missing somebody to bring new life to that faction. I do believe. And here we go. It's the FTW Championship. Jack Perry versus RVD. Uh, Jack Perry's been. Uh, making some not so nice comments about ECW and Rob Van Damme came out last week on Dynamite to uh create this matchup. And uh thanks to Jerry Lynn as well. And it was fun. I mean we saw a lot of the R V D moves. The Rolling Thunder, still chairs were introduced, uh nice nostalgia, callbacks to ECW, Extreme Championship Wrestling. Uh Van Damme always featured an unorthodox style of offense. RVD represents our fandom from ECW, the WWE, and, you know, Jack Perry, this is what he needs. I'm actually starting to enjoy and be intrigued by this new attitude and persona, being the Hill and the uh, FTW champion. And uh, by defeating Van Damme, uh, his stock will rise. It will only – help establish him further uh, when talking about Jack Perry because you defeated an opponent like a Rob Van Dam, who was Mr. Monday Night and who had those uh, just tremendous rivalries with Taz and Sabu and, and others uh, while in ACW. not to mention the feuds he had in the WWE additionally. So I, I enjoyed it, the encounter between Rob Van Dam and uh, Jack Perry and I, I like the the new attitude as well. Adam Cole and MJF had a segment. MJF is swerving us, making us believe he's actually a babyface. Both wrestlers required fresh coats of pain and that's how I'm kind of looking at it with the uh, storyline amid uh Adam Cole and MJF. MJF thought Cole wanted a promo battle and there was some just epic lines you got to go back. They were so good. good. Pardon me, I should have wrote them down. You heard vintage uh, MJF during that promo battle. Then Adam Cole eyes the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles. MJF challenges Ozzy Open, who are the Ring of Honor World Tag Team champions. And it looks like we're going to get MJF and Adam Cole not only main eventing, as it will be, Adam Cole challenging MJF for the AEW world title at all in live from Wembley stadium in London, England, but also during zero hour, it's going to be the tag team of MJF and Adam Cole challenging Aussie open for those ROH world tag team titles. So that'll be exciting and did not expect any of it to transpire in the, in the promo itself too. My goodness. A lot of uh, just fantastic one-liners, by MJF. The Kingdom comforted Roderick Strong. Let me go back. Roderick Strong voiced his displeasure about the uh, the situation between MJF and Adam Cole. And it would be the Kingdom, Matt Taven, and Mike Bennett, who have been there for Roderick Strong. He's the odd man out. And uh Cole shoved MJF out of frustration. So it, it's interesting to see what's going to develop between Roderick Strong, the friendship between he and Adam Cole and MJF because it was MJF who would shove uh part of me. It would be Adam Cole who shoved MJF. I knew somebody shoved somebody out of frustration due to MJF calling out Roderick Strong because he would come out there and, and essentially try to have empathy from the crowd and, and from those viewing at home. And it would be the kingdom of Matt Taven and, and Mike Bennett who have, been there for him so you've also got that intricacy uh, itself involved with this uh, overall storyline between MJF and Adam Cole Uh, we're only just mere weeks away from the big AEW all-in pay-per-view from Wembley Stadium over in London and I can't wait to see Adam Cole and MJF battle for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. And they're also going to be challenging Aussie Open for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team title. So they're going to be doing double duty uh, during the all-in pay-per-view extravaganza. And uh, a lot of moving parts with all of these storylines, but I'm enjoying what I'm witnessing out of MJF and Adam Cole, the bromance. Uh, MJF, I think, is going to turn on Adam Cole, at least, if not, they are teasing uh, greatly that, MJF could. There's always that possibility. It is uh, pro wrestling. Is it not? So moving on along in the show, progressing, if you will, Claudio Casanoli and John Moxley, the uh, BCC, the Blackpool Combat Club, take on the Lucha Brothers, and uh, Ray Phoenix and Penta ambush the BCC. I thought it was a unique approach. As it kept their opponents guessing not knowing where they were coming from. They were looking, you know, normally at the entrance way to expect and anticipate uh, the Lucha Brothers. And Moxley and Casanoli would win. Claudio ripped off Penta's mask. And we all know how sacred the mask is, uh, speaking of the Lucha Libre culture down there uh, as it pertains to pro wrestling. And then the Lucha Brothers would receive a beatdown by the BCC, the Blackpool Combat Club. Uta Wheeler would join in the fray along with uh, Claudio and, and Moxley. And next we see an interview with Kenny Omega, but actually he'll do more of a sit-down interview with Jim Ross next week. So that that's all they were doing, promoting the bigger interview to get more – Answers to the questions, and who better than the Hall of Famer Jim Ross? And uh, looking forward to seeing the uh, exchange between Kenny Omega and uh, Jr. next week on Dynamite. Uh, Not much, really, to to add to uh, that previous segment. Swerve Strickland explains his actions attacking the young rookie Nick Wayne from last week. The mogul embassy that is led by Swerve Strickland, with uh, new member A.R. Fox, there have been some issues between the embassy and Darby Allen. Darby tried saving Fox from being indoctrinated into this mogul embassy and swerves Ricklin Prince Nana or Nani. Maybe it's Nana or Nani. I, I don't know what the heck. No disrespect to him. I'm, who you know? I'll figure out his name later on. But he's part of the group, and he's an important part. So i have to laugh at myself if i didn't get his name quite correct the first or second time or maybe either but anyways moving on that that's a good time to say let's transition uh sting would take out the mogul embassy you know the lights fade and it's the icon where's tony shivani to say sting he he may have because i i watched it just last night as i'm recording this and uh it's going to be Sting and Darby Allin tag-teaming against Swerve Strickland and A.R. Fox at Wembley. You talk about quite a matchup. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing the, uh, the Hall of Famer Sting with Darby Allin. They are going to be challenging Swerve Strickland and A.R. Fox, too. Uh, tr- just talented individuals A.R. Fox and Swerve Strickland. And next, here we go. It's our main event. It's for the AEW Women's Championship. It's the champion Hikaru Shida versus Anna Jay. Shida displayed experience. Jay is getting more seasoned. Thanks to Taz for the comment on commentary. I have to give him the credit, not me. Anna cannot equal Shida's striking capability, and Anna must search for her opportune time to exploit a weakness. I noticed. An aggression from Anna J. She has transitioned and progressed immensely. When uh, referencing Anna J. Overall, not bad. Could have been better, but a pretty decent matchup. And Sheeta would retain the AEW Women's title, and she also gets her spot in the uh, Fatal Four Way matchup at All In. And I'll have more information as it pertains to All In. I should have put that in my notes, or at least had a reference if nothing else, for the matches as it relates to the Wembley show for AEW All-In. Well, that'll conclude the inaugural edition of In the Corner with Tyler, a wrestling podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I discussed this week's episodes of NXT and AEW, and I want to thank Benny Mack so, pal for their support and all our fellow podcasters and the wrestling community and just fans of wrestling. That's all I am folks. I'm just a passionate fan. And I'm just, uh, so happy that that you took the time and, you know, in case you are listening, I, you know, I hope that I am getting listeners and this thing will continue to grow, evolve, but I'm trying it out. It, it's been a while since I've tested the waters being so low and, uh, I just hope you can make sense of what I'm saying at least, and uh, you can at least laugh with me and at me. So if nothing else, maybe that'll help you get through your day is what I'm trying to get at. But I'm signing off. I'm going to say goodbye for now. But it's been the first episode. I taught some NXT AEW. Eventually, I'm going to bring Impact into the uh, discussion. I want to respect them. They're doing some just amazing things over at Impact Wrestling. Not just WWE, but there's just a lot more – options and other wrestling promotions that deserve our attention and uh, that's what we're planning to do with this new program but my name is tyler peters it's been in the corner with tyler on the sg on the sjp world media network try to say that 10 times fast if you listen to in the corner with benny mack and myself when i'm able to join him uh, you'll hear me say that a lot Uh, but i have already went too long and i am saying goodbye hey stay safe and be blessed out there